This year, Todd Muller started something of a coup in the National Party when he attempted to remove Simon Bridges as leader of the party. Tom became leader for 53 days after resigning, forcing the National Party to elect a new leader in Judith Collins and a deputy in Jerry Brownlee. During the episode, we'll refer to a few dates in particular. May 22nd, Todd Muller and Nikki Kay announce as leader and deputy of the National Party. 17th of June, a day after two women tested positive for COVID-19, they travel the country for a funeral from the UK. 10th of July, the announcement of the election plan, also known as the working plan. 14th of July, departure by both Muller and Kay following a resignation from Muller. Without further ado, let's unpack. So for this episode, instead of looking at a lot of uh, news uh, agencies, instead of looking at One News and News Hub and stuff, we actually looked at the National Party page, um, as well as a lot of MPs page. This is going to be a quite political episode. Um, How are you, Tabby? I'm good. I'm ready for this episode. We've been in the studio for a while, planning, prepping this episode, working on some other stuff, but I'm ready for this episode. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I've been reading a lot more of a, like, political content. Uh, Politics is what my degree is in, so I had a lot of... this would have been easy for you. It wasn't really easy. It was just sort of traumatic. (laughs) (laughs) Traumatic? So traumatic is the word you'd use to describe it. Just just took it back to university times. You know, you never really want to be reading about politics, especially from people on the internet. I mean, did you enjoy your university degree? Let's move on to <laughs> 22nd of May. So we went on the National Party page. 22nd of May, as we talked about, is the first day we're going to look at. Todd Muller and Nikki Kay announced as leaders and deputies. Todd Muller apparently started a coup um, inside the National Party caucus and, yeah, became leader. First comment under that uh, post is from Josiah. Josiah says, I wanted Nikki Kay as leader. Sad face. Nikki can appeal to a wider demographic while still being in touch with Nashville's core voters. Nikki could have taken this party into a newly needed direction as they are so far out of touch. Todd is very much of the same. I mean, that's a pretty accurate assessment there, right? Very, very accurate assessment. I mean, Nikki Kay was the Minister of Education, Minister for Youth, Minister for ACC, Minister of Civil Defense. She's got quite the portfolio, her is what I'm CV's trying to say. Fire, her, well, her CV is not only fire. Do you know she's the first ever national MP to win the Auckland Central seat? Ooh. Like, there's never been a national MP to win that seat. That's impressive. Until Nikki Kay. And she also won it all the time. She defeated Judith, um, Judith Tizard in 2008. And then Jacinda. Jacinda Ardern. In 2011 and 2014 in that electorate. That's wild. Um, That's wild. Like, it, she actually beat her so bad that Jacinda moved electorates. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I'm like, going to keep taking these L's. Yeah, yeah. they put Helen White in there. And of course, like, Nikki did it again. And it wasn't like that seat was contested by, like, let's say, like, United Future or ACT. Yeah. It was contested by Labor. Like, it was a blue or red. And I mean, we, we'll talk about the two-party system in a bit, but to change that is is massive. So... Honestly, she's a, she's a turn in the tide MP. I get why Josiah's like, I want a Nikki Kay as leader. Mm. Um, but also, Nikki Kay is, not only have we read about her a lot, she's actually an OP MP. An OP mean overpowered? Overpowered. Overpowered. Now, she was instrumental in bringing LGBT community events to Auckland Central in 2012. She campaigned and voted for the same-sex marriage bill. In 2012, she worked with a Green MP on a private member's bill to reform adoption and surrogacy laws, um, which was introduced to Parliament that year. And she also successfully led the campaign within the National Party to retain the lo- the alcohol purchase age at 18. A lot of her colleagues wanted to raise it to 21. She's been instrumental in the National Party, and obviously by the portfolio, she's gained a lot of trust from a lot of people. In the- and is obviously just like a complete stark contrast to the rest of the party members. Oh, like even in the top 10, she's she's very high up there, you know? So, however, there's a lot of people on the other side when um, we saw that Todd Muller and Nikki Kay were announced. A lot of people were saying that, you know, a lot of the MPs on, on this sort of side, especially Todd Muller and I mean Jerry Brownlee, probably wouldn't have voted for same-sex marriage. Jerry Brownlee definitely didn't vote for the same-sex he marriage did bill. did not. But Nikki Kay did. And I want to kind of call out the idiocy from, like, a lot of Labour supporters saying they're like, oh, they didn't vote on gay marriage. Don't vote for them. It's like, 
that's not a make or break for a lot of national supporters. Mm, that's it's not going to be the decision. It's not going to be the key thing that makes them decide to vote for a different party. Exactly. Exactly. So bringing it up is kind of just like useless. So you're just kind of saying, "Hey, Labour voters, don't vote for these people." <laughs> like you know, it's it's yeah. it's not really something to bring up, but. Um, we actually went into the National Party list um, from 2017, as well as when it got shaken up, um, and compared Nikki Kay to five other MPs um, that were near her on the list. She was 13 on the list, um, and she won every term she ran in that electorate. Four out of four. And that's 100%. That's 100%. I mean, like... That's what, some quick math, 100%. What, what more can you say? And she voted for same-sex marriage. Now, there's only one other MP that voted in favor of same-sex marriage on the top 15 lists from and, National. And who was that? That was Paula Bennett. And Paula won four out of five terms. Mm, but However, Paula, you know, she was already deputy. Yeah. And we've only seen just last week, but like Paula's leaving. Exactly. She yeah. out. So Paula was never going to run again. And then the other four that didn't vote yes in the same-sex marriage, which seems to be a massive talking point into what National <laughs> MP you want to run yeah. for. Um. They have also won quite a bit of their, like, you know, terms. And Tolly actually won five out of seven, so she lost twice. Um, but she was still included because she was very high up in the list. Um, Judith Collins is the next person. Yeah, why are you signing like that? Because she won six out of six, man. That's 100%. And that's a couple more than Nikki. And I mean, like, so Judith Collins has not only been around for a while. She is a goddess in her electorate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And... The other, the other two people we looked at were Amy Adams, who was seventh in the list. She won four out of four as well in her electorates. She was never a leader. She was never really contesting for leadership either. She's from the Selwyn district down mm. in Christchurch. And then Jerry Brownlee, who is loved in Christchurch. Ha ha, sarcasm. <laughs> um, Crazy. Had <laughs> uh, actually won eight out of eight terms as well. So, hmm. Would Nikki Kay have been a big change? Definitely. I think Josiah also says Todd is very much the same. I wonder what, what what's Josiah referring to there? I don't know. I, I mean, if you've got of a photo of Todd and Bill hmm. and Simon hmm. and John. I mean, I, I'm just putting I just it put out. all oh, of no. their photos together. It just Crazy. looks like Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, September slaps like this. That slaps. But. So I took a bit of a deep dive into elections and campaign trails to try and understand the different obstacles that women in leadership actually face from a, a societal norms point of view. And a lot of my analysis actually comes from a book titled The Confidence Gap by Claire Shipman. She's the co-author. Right. So when you look across the board, women in power have to walk the tightrope of being tough enough to lead. But if they come across too tough or emotionless... Uh, it's tough for them because they just violate the norms that we kind of have in the back of our minds and the expectations that we have for women to behave. And it all seems from the patriarchy and the characteristics associated to women from way back when. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go into that. The bossy term sort of gets to me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, one woman's bossy is another man's and knows when to take control, right? I mean, if you're a woman who's trying to enter a leadership position, you're not only opposing the other candidates for the role, but the preconceived notion of how you're meant to behave. Right. And I mean, an example of this is when Patricia Schroeder was running to be an elected official in the States. After a short time, she decided to suspend her campaign and in her, in her departing speech, she got a bit emotional, understandably. She was universally slammed for doing so. And I can almost guarantee that if this was a man who cried in this speech, oh, he would have been praised for being brave enough to show emotions, for being in tune with his emotional side. And it contradicts what we're taught from a young age. I mean, girls from a young age are taught to express their emotions. However, when it comes to leadership positions, that's apparently a no-go if you're a woman. Definitely. There are different playing terms, and it's a lot harder. Yeah. Absolutely. And confidence does play a big part in this. I mean, confidence is a trait that I imagine most people would probably associate with good leaders. But when you analyze confidence through a gender lens, there are massive disparities. A study that is discussed in the book Lean In states that when women leave college, they tend to actually ask for approximately 20 to 30% less than men do when it comes to salary. And in the same study, when both women and men are asked how much they think they deserve, women often, uh, the amount that they state they deserve is actually less than what men state they deserve. And an HP study found that women tend to put up their hand for a promotion when they feel they have 100% of the required qualifications versus men 
we shoot our shot when it's only 60%. And I'll hit you with one more stat before you steal the mic from me and ban me from Excel on the internet. So a group of men and women sat down to sort of test around spatial ability. And spatial ability is something that people have the belief that men are just overall better at. And when they set the test, women did actually score worse than men. But when you took a closer look at the results, women were just not answering all the questions. And when they were told that you needed to answer all the questions, the scores became a lot closer. And a little wrinkle that they added to the study is that uh, they set the test again, but this time after each question, they were asked how confident they were about the last answer. And women's scores dropped again. So just bringing up confidence caused women's scores to drop. And I mean, in a work sense, you can't overstate the importance of confidence. Another study ran by Berkeley University found that confidence can actually be more important than competence in a workplace, which for me is kind of a wild notion and and concerns me from a just business performance point of view. I mean you'd ideally want competence to be more important than confidence, but unfortunately that's not the case. And if people are still looking for an argument for increased diversity and inclusion in the workplace, I know that Fast Company completed a study and found that companies that had more gender diversity at the C-suite level, so that's so that CEO, that's chief financial officer, chief strategy officer, etc., etc., actually reached 34% more profits overall. So there's the ethical argument and then there's the financial argument. I don't necessarily know what other arguments someone would need, but from a political point in New Zealand, how is that kind of manifested? I mean, we don't even have to go into like, you know, the sort of uh, Helen Clark or Jenny or even Jenny Shipley, exactly. you know, like we can just look at Jacinda Ardern and, and how she's sort of been ridiculed for some things as well as like Nikki Kay right now. You know, this is what you've just brought up about, you know, the leadership characteristics and and how these women have to be unemotional and they still have to sort of front up to the whole country. It's probably why the National Party caucus chose her as deputy and not leader. Mm. Um, I guess Todd Muller being a man as, as well as being somebody who has the characteristics of other National Party leaders is going to be a little bit of a safer bet. Of course, he right? fits the the kind of the template of what previous national party leaders tend to have been. Exactly. It's more comfortable for a, for a supporter to kind of look up and see Todd Muller because that's what you've been used to. Right? Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not much of a change, right? Exactly. You want to feel like you're voting for the same traditional party that you've been voting for. And, I mean, to touch on your subject as well, like, that's probably why, you know, like, Amy Adams wasn't considered and Tolly wasn't considered. Um, Paula Bennett has already been in that role, but even Paula Bennett was never the leader yeah you know and it goes to show i'd be really interested to see like in this next decade how many um leaders are women of these political parties especially because of the improved representation i mean if you look at it now or at least at the top you've got both judith collins and jacinda ardern leading the the two largest political parties in new zealand and i'm all for representation so it'll be cool to see hopefully an increase in the number of women that are in uh, these leaders of positions are getting involved in politics over the next few years. Mm, mm. And to to wrap that up and to wrap up Josiah's comment, absolutely, we could see why he wanted Nikki Kay as leader. However, we don't think what Nikki Kay has represented in the past with all of her um, work in the community, um, as well as her portfolio, we don't think that that is what would have gotten national voters up and out. Yeah. Um, as well as Nikki's quite left-leaning Mm. Uh, for the national party so we don't think that there would have been that much strong support i think that's what josiah is also trying to reference about like um taking the national party into a a new needed direction yeah you know sort of getting up with the times where fresh energy in the party right and todd todd muller would be a little bit more traditional so next comment is from kim uh kim says opposition is always an impossible position uh, and with Labour being on stage every day for the past seven weeks, exacerbates the image of both government and opposition. Simon was in an impossible position and had, had lost the support of the voters. That being said, I think even national supporters became more despondent due to the rose-tinted glasses focused on Labour. National needed this change regardless of how smart Simon is. He had lost voter confidence. It's going to be an incredibly difficult job. National need to focus on pulling this country out of economic disaster. Good luck, Todd and Nikki. Um, first of all, that's a great comment. It is. It's looking at, at all sort of sides, and I, I guess we got to break it down from four different parts. Um, maybe governments the after crises, 
Yeah, um, see whether they team up together. A- absolutely. And then talking about the royal tinted glasses, Kim mentions that you know the the government's been on stage for the past seven weeks. Obviously, a- exposure. Yeah, right? a- it's exposure. COVID nineteen really brought that out. I mean, it doesn't really help that they fired their uh, minister of health. Mm, <laughs> yikes. Um, but yeah, like they they've definitely been out there. And then sort of to- focusing on the voter confidence that Simon Briggs has had. Has crisis allowed for the government to make cases for themselves as sustainable leaders? What's the historical? Well, I mean, I looked at the sort of crises, and, and New Zealand has had a few. Probably the most memorable ones are the Pike River Mine and the Christchurch earthquakes um, in 2010 and 2011. And National did win again. They yeah. continued on, um, as we know, with John Key and, and his, his leadership. Um, the other one would be the Kaikoura earthquake as well. National still went on and continued to run the government after that election. Um, and the other one was the 1931 Hawke's Bay earthquake, which is actually the biggest disaster New Zealand has ever faced. And the results from that election uh, were obviously a bit muddled because in 1931, there was no national party. Yo, what? Yeah, there were two separate parties. Oh, yeah. 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 But even then, they still went on to lead. Oh, I see. Yeah. But that party, well, both of those parties were called... Uh, united and the reform coalition um and they still went on uh to govern new zealand however <laughs> they did uh lose to a vote of no confidence <laughs> they, they lost a vote of no confidence Uh-oh. yeah so shortly after that election the reform party um uh actually yeah just gassed it uh, which okay. i mean hey look uh, politics were weird in that time that was after the first world war I mean, there's a world war like, yeah it's a weird time for everybody you know the, the turnout was actually seven hundred and fourteen thousand. Yeah, eighty three percent of the population turned out and voted. Eighty three percent. Yeah, that that's impressive. That is an impressive that voter is an turnout. Impressive, yeah, nineteen thirty one. I bet we're gonna find a comment that says that that was the golden day. <laughs> what a great time to be alive, bro! What Take us back. Time. We'd be we'd be thriving back um, then. But yeah, there's there's definitely a, a case to say that the political parties that are in power during a crisis um, tend to continue on. Um, from what we've read, it's sort of said that, yeah, like people are too either scared or they've been in the limelight a lot. Mm. Um, and we've seen it through COVID-19. National has been pressuring the government, um, but the government's been on TV every day. Yeah, I guess it kind of makes sense, right? Because you might see that you want the, con- the continuity at the top, right? You don't want to have a changing government at a time where there's a crisis. Why would you? Even in, even in my like thinking, I just don't know why you would. Um, from the National Party website, well, website, from the comments that we can see, people are talking about, you know, the economics. Um, and oh, yeah, That's the big point of conjecture. Absolutely. National Party is known for their conservative economics. And so they're like, okay, like y'all did well, but let's sort out the economy. And then the final part of this comment was actually about the polls. And I mean, the polls were terrible during Simon Bridges' tenure. Yeah. Like it was like national poll at 30%. And then Simon Bridges, well, he, nobody wanted him as PM. Like, as prime minister, he was not going to get a vote. Yeah, what he, number did he poll at? 12%. Ooh. Yeah, 12%. Ooh. Yeah, that hurts. 12% that hurts. of the country want you as a prime minister, even though you're the second biggest party. That hurts. Yeah. That hurts a lot. So, hmm. Leah's comment is next. Uh, Leah says, congrats to you both, meaning Todd and Nikki. Please hold the current clowns running our country to account. <laughs> They have made so many election promises that they completely failed to deliver on, and they are now hopeful that things like COVID will make people forget. They need to be reminded of that. Worldwide, they are predicting a massive recession. We need people with actual business skills, not just working in a fish and chip shop. Smiling will not get our economy back on track. And she uses an ellipsis at the end of that. There's a lot to digest. There's always a lot in these comments. People like to just mash in as many kind of points that they can. In yeah. One comment. I like Leah's comment because she says, hopefully the things like COVID will make people forget. Like COVID is like the Alzheimer's. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it wasn't a respiratory disease. Yeah. But she has a point. She does on the failing to deliver. Failing to deliver. Yeah. And I mean, we don't even have to look as far as Kiwi Build. The um, Kiwi Build was promised, what, 100,000 new homes in 10 years? Yeah. But in the last two years? How many? 258. Ooh. Which is just like, that's not even like on track. Nah. Like you get, like, you know, when you went to your teacher to get your test back and she yeah. was like, hey, you're on track. And you look at the test and it says 4%. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're like, I mean, by, on those track for what? by those projections, they're going to get just over 1,000. On track for dropping out of school. I don't know, man. So 
We need people with actual business skills, not just working in a fish and chip shop. Is something we see a lot. Oh, they love to bring up the fish and chip shop. So they love Jacinda to worked up. in a fish and chip shop, which I believe was pushed by the Labour Party to be like, "Hey, she a small town girl. Yeah, check this but out." National have taken it as she has no business acumen. Yeah, which I mean, like, I mean, there are many ways to get a business to get business understanding. You don't necessarily need to work in business to get that understanding. When I studied for my business degree, I was hey, working. Bro, where were you working? I was working in a restaurant. I guess when you're comparing it to someone who, say, has worked in a number of businesses, I can understand. However, a prerequisite for understanding business isn't having worked in a business. I don't really understand that. I'm not trying to disagree with you on yeah, air. Yeah, what do you mean? But I'm just not say- disagree with me on it. I'm just saying that, like, okay, if you were, if you're a business, so if you're working in a fish and chip shop, or whatever, yeah, you got to be able to serve a customer. Sure, Absolutely. customer service. You got to ring up the money, whatever. At some point in working in a fish and chip shop, whether it be six months or nine months, they're gonna ask you to cash up. Hundred percent. They're gonna ask you like, hey, like this is the budget for next month. Hey, do the stock orders, whatever. And that in in itself is you know learning business tools. However, I feel as though people are making the comparison that the the variety of skills that you'll get from working in a fish and chip shop in the business form hmm. aren't applicable to running an entire country and the economy. I mean, while the fundamental basics about you get X amount of money in from taxes and other forms and you get to spend it on your different portfolios, while that is the same as you get X amount of money in from your customers and you can spend it on uh, ingredients, hmm. while I agree that is the same, Run the country, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a different ball game. I oh, mean, yeah. to be fair, it's a different ball game from probably any other job. But yeah. hey, look, <laughs> I don't know, I know you're talking about. That's what right. I say. I mean, like Todd Todd Muller is like like as comparison, he came from what Fonterra and the yeah. Sustainable Business Council of New Zealand. You know, that's that was his history. So he's had a large corporate business history before New Zealand. Um, and I think that's what this comment sort of plays into. Like, I just hate. Hey, she worked in fish and she can't. She's not fit to run the country. I mean, to be fair, it's no Fonterra. <laughs> I mean, that's just fact. It is not Fonterra. But when she says smiling will not get our economy back on oh, track. Oh, I don't like that. I Why? really don't like that. Once again, pressing onto that, like what women can and cannot do in I leadership roles. I don't think roles. anyone has ever said that about, say, a John Key, a Bill English, a Tom Miller. Smiling? I don't think. Imagine you trying to get your the economy back on track, but you're not allowed to smile. Yeah, that's crazy. Like you just in the media, like looking like Kanye West the entire <laughs> time. Just mm. angry all the time. Like that gif of Kanye West at a basketball game. And yeah. then he sees that the Jumbotron is on him. And yeah. then he just grabs that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You ain't catching me smiling can you imagine yeah because i'm trying to sort out this economy <laughs> no. but um yeah todd muller's kind of playing into the the field of conservative economics and i mean you know that's what this comment's sort of going to also i will call myself out let's not use jargon conservative economics you're right what is it do you not know i mean like, oh tabby allow me to educate you i got you oh my god <laughs> I was waiting because you said when we were planning the episode that you were going to go into it. Now you... <laughs> All right, bro, go up. I just had to get you. Uh, no, because conservative economics is kind of like a fiscal. So what they're trying to do is they advocate for low taxes, um, minimal government debt, because also reduce government spending. So they're not trying to do a lot because there's not a lot of taxes. They sort of let the market, you know, do it of its sort own. Sort itself out. Yeah, they deregulate the economy. Um other side of that is economic liberalism, which is exactly how it sounds. The exact opposite of what yeah. I just said. Um, but that's what the national voters are sort of playing into. That's what Todd Muller sort of playing into as well. Um, and we can see that as well in the next article we go to. We move off the political pages. So on the News Hub page, uh, we see Margaret's comment. Margaret says, quite frankly, I feel that both Labour and National need to work together for a couple of years to get the economy up and running again and getting people back into work while supporting those who have lost their jobs. I think it will take both sides of the coin to get this done. Not going to happen, though. Each side is too entrenched in their own ideology to consider a shared government. I, I want to give Margaret applause. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you why as hey, well. Hey, you do the editing. You got this. Because, first of all, this is off a of political party page. This is on a news article, which is just a live of, hey, these are our new national party leaders. But Margaret touches on something which I want to touch on later in the episode of people are tired of the Westminster system. Yeah. People are tired of the two-party system. And they're also saying that two, like each side is too entrenched in their own ideology. In political science, we can see that if 
one side loves blue, the other side now must hate blue and mm. love red. And these, this happens every single day. Yeah. Like, oh, if you love this, I hate this. And we saw it with the COVID-19 laws. Labor said, look, we're going to do this four-level system. It's going to be the National Party supporters. Before the page had even said what they, like, before any MP said what they wanted to say, supporters of the National Party were like, that's stupid. <laughs> man, that's stupid, man. F- the system. Yeah. We need, we just need to go out. And, and it's like, yo, like, you don't have to hate this just because she's the Labor Party, you know? Mm. Like, I want to touch on that later, but I want to give Margaret applause for that because getting the economy up and running, getting people back into work, most people are now wanting to just see, hey, can we just move in one direction? Yeah, can, can we, we work together? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's it for that date. We're going to move on to the 17th of June now where probably the biggest uh, political talking point happened. Oh, I remember when this came out. Oh, it wasn't good. <laughs> Two women from the UK, New Zealand citizens, uh, were allowed into the country to attend a funeral. However, tested positive for COVID-19 and the news got hold of this on the 17th of June. Now, Todd Muller did give a speech in Parliament, and I do have to admit it was very good. He, he really hit on the points of what, like, this is very much shambolic. This mm. is making a mockery of people who have actually stayed Sacrificed in and, and sacrificed. And the people who have also died. Um, and these two women went to a funeral um, yep. and drove to Auckland, Wellington. Auckland, Wellington, about yeah. 10 hours. Ridiculous. The first comment on the National Party page was, Darren says, undecided until today's incompetent and negligent mess came to light. Tighten our borders. Todd, you have my vote. I know we will have a stronger economic recovery with National, a bloody shame, and an insult to everyone who has lost a job, a business, or a loved one during lockdown. Yeah, I... I get it. I can't disagree with that comment. I get it. And he started with undecided, which means that he, you know, he's a middle. And it's nice. He's coming in hopefully with an impartial view. Exactly. Exactly. But that really, um, that really hit him. Yeah. The two, the two, I don't want to say new COVID cases, but we'll call them the second wave. Yeah. And I get it, man. I I think that's what a lot of New Zealanders were feeling, national or labor. They were like, hey, we did our part. And now you're just letting people in? Yeah, I know. I was, my family group chat was going off. Mm. Yeah, the rents were not too stoked about that. Oh, would, would they classify it as a bloody shame? Because <laughs> <laughs> Darren definitely thinks so. Yeah, we, a lot of the comments were like this. You know, people talking about, hey, like, I lost my job or I couldn't go to so-and-so's funeral or the I restrictions, had to cancel yeah. my wedding. And now this has happened. Mm, so it's cool. almost like this is for nothing. Exactly. Yeah. And when people saw this headline as well, they must have thought, hey, they must have given it to 40 people. Mm. So totally, totally understandable, Darren. Jeanette says, is it Janet or Jeanette? First of all, I- I'm going to say Jeanette. Okay. I feel like Jeanette gives a little bit more spice. Yeah, I was going to say. Because like... Janet's like Karen's cousin. <laughs> Yo, we apologize to you, Janet. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Jeanette says, it was a national MP that wrote a letter to get them released early. Pull your head in and start working together instead of throwing your weight around. All right, let's let's wind it back. Let's let's re- let's relax a little bit. I mean, while factually correct, national MP Chris Bishop had written representing the woman saying that he thinks that they should be able to go to the funeral. Mm-hmm. However, if you're the MP for a location, you've got to represent your constituents. Oh, like right. also that's your job. Yeah, you get letters every day being like, Chris, please, please, oh my guy, Chris. Yeah, like. So I'm sure that when he saw this, he was like, all right, look, like they want to go to a funeral. Yeah. Like, this is what it is, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure he didn't know that they had COVID-19. Exactly. And I think ultimately, even though if he sends that letter, the government can then still decide and say yes or no. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. So I, I, I don't know. You can't really blame Chris Bishop at all here. Um, it, it is the role of the minister to represent their constituents. At the same time, he didn't actually ask officials to mess the job up. Yeah, it was like, hey, can you let them through? And also just don't test them. Don't do anything. Even just, if it's a positive test, just, just let them let go. Him, let them through. He didn't that, say that. I don't think that wasn't in this, the, this, yeah. the small print. Yeah. So when they, I think it was given compassionate leave. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. Because yeah, of the funeral. So. Yeah, exactly. So I, that, that, that's what Jeanette is referring to. We can't say that it's his fault. But we see in a little bit of a spice there of Start working together instead of throwing your weight around. Mm. People are getting sick of this two-party mm. system. Common thread. I'm just saying. 
Lynette says... Hey, you better get amped up for this because it's all caps lock. I am... No, okay. <laughs> um, she says, I have always voted national. Sorry, this time, Labour. We have been so lucky having Jacinda. Yes, a mistake has been made, but we are we are ahead of all other countries with covert 19. Sorry, no man could have done the job better and national make their mistakes as well. Three exclamation marks, just Ooh. in case the all caps wasn't enough. Yo, go back to episode, well, one or two to hear about three exclamation three marks. Three exclamation marks is when you really wild. Also, when I saw the edit of this, the sheet, I was like, is he going to read out COVID-19 or COVID? She wrote COVID. Like, I was like, what's Lynette's, he going to do? Hey, Lynette wrote it. We got to say it. You know how You're it right. is. You're right. Uh, the all caps as well. I just feel like Lynette has had it. Yeah. She's had enough. And she says she's always voted national. So Darren, the whole middle, you know, ground thing. Don't worry. You're taking <laughs> someone's place because Lynette is off the books. Yeah. She's voting labor this time because New Zealand is ahead in COVID-19. Because yeah, we have Jacinda. Yeah. Is it because we have Jacinda? Well, I mean, my view is that we do look at the leader too much and focus on the leader too much as opposed to the values of the political party however just in being the leader this this point in time she's done a great job yeah right there's no there's no bones about that overall while there have been some issues of course i feel as though most people in the nation believe that she's done a good job yeah yeah exactly exactly and i and lynette also touches on that like no man could have done a better job uh uh, uh, uh oh spicy lynette mm. spicy uh hmm. <laughs> there is a there's a theme here there is there's a common theme of uh men not doing their parts <laughs> um but all we have to do is look at uh was it jair bolsonaro from brazil and yeah. donald trump from the u.s absolutely yeah they don't really they're not really and the uk got who boris johnson yeah i think yeah. the brazilian leader i think he was diagnosed as having covid and then in the middle of a speech just took his mask off and yeah. started speaking. My guy. He's just like, I'm going down. Y'all going down with <laughs> Y'all me. Y'all going down with me. Yikes. Um, no, nah, great great comment, Lynette. And this is what we've seen as well in a lot of the comments. This was on the National Party page. This is a diehard national supporter mm. just being upset with how national is going at the government yeah. for things that the government couldn't really do much on. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are just opening their eyes and saying, hey, look, like, don't come at them. Exactly. You know, that's not a that's not a political problem. Mm. Moving off the National Party page, we go on to One News. Um, when One News broke the story, obviously a lot more people were uh, on that page. Yeah, just uh, naturally. It's just the news. Uh, Karen says, that's our first Karen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, enjoy your pizza. Enjoy it. Tabby, shut up. Are you on my bed? <laughs> Sorry, that's hey, season two hey Domino's if y'all want to sponsor us that we can we, we can work it out oh no I love Domino's even though I used to work at Pizza Hut hey, say no, hey you go oh on. You man go hey welcome Karen to Unpack <laughs> that's our first Karen uh, Karen says absolutely the team of five million went into lockdown and mostly did an excellent job and then the health officials let us down so disappointing no one can drive Auckland to Wellington on one tank of petrol with no comfort stops and across a desert road in the middle of winter. Ooh. Hey. Ooh, Karen. Hey, Karen with a spice. Do we give her applause? I feel bad for giving a Karen applause. Nah, I think we got to give credit where it's due. We got to give credit where it's due, Karen. Yeah. You are really on the money here. Um, team of 5 million did go into lockdown. We did a fantastic job. Eliminated the community transmission for COVID-19. Snaps to us. And then the health officials just went and... Uh, yeah. Oopsies. Yeah, yeah, disappointing, disappointing. Definitely understand why you're disappointed. However, when she says that no one can drive off into Wellington on one tank of petrol, you know we have to do those numbers, hey, right? Look into it, King. Yeah, you know we have to do those numbers. So, looking into the car rental and quarantine places near Auckland Airport, I was like, where could they have possibly been staying? Mm. Um, one of the places I looked at was Jet Park Hotel. Um, which is a place that I've also stayed in. It's, it's actually pretty dope. It's pretty nice. It's actually really nice. Um, but they actually stayed at the Novotel, which is right across the road from yeah. Auckland Airport, right? Understandable, right? You don't want them traveling too far of once they've come off a UK flight. Did you know that the repatriate flights you cannot track? Really? Yeah, I tried to f I tried to find them on the flight radars. However, sorry, flight radars. Like I got like a radar in my yeah. bedroom. Hi, <laughs> um, bro. But there's a website where you can track all the flights and and sort of see when they arrive and when they're scheduled. Yeah. I guess you know if you're looking out for family. Is that you're just... picking someone up? Yeah, exactly. Flight enthusiasts as well. Um, you can't track repatriate flights, hmm. and I understand probably because they're not commercial. 
Oh, okay. So Poss- possibly. Yeah. Less reporting obligations. Exactly, like exactly. But I digress. Um, that flight would have been very expensive, and they said at the Novotel. Now, Budget Car New Zealand is the most operative out of Auckland Airport. However, Avis has partnered with Air New Zealand, and Air New Zealand has partnered with Novotel. So I think the most obvious thing to go with was that they were going to rent a car from Avis. It's a good assumption to Because make. the news article does state that they rented a car, drove from Auckland to Wellington to go to the, you know, to go to the funeral. Yeah. We also found out that they got lost. They went, I think, 45 minutes north of Auckland. And Which then... makes sense. I mean, a long drive. You, you go may... mess out north with south? All right, maybe not that part. Like, I had the point <laughs> in my mind before you said that. Oh, but, you know, you're going to get lost on a 10-hour drive. Absolutely. That's going to happen. And it's very different from England. Absolutely. Very different from England. So the biggest question on everybody's minds was, could they do it on one tank of petrol with no comfort stops? Um, you ran the numbers. I did run the numbers. I also looked into the policy of rental cars. Sometimes rental cars won't actually have full tanks of petrol. Oh, really? I yeah. thought this was a given. No, no. Okay. Yeah, exactly, right? They'd so dirty, let us assume that they did have a full tank of petrol. Nice. Could they have got on there? I looked at all 26 cars that were available between Budget Car New Zealand and Avis, and I went for the one that had the worst fuel mileage. I went for the one that had, like, the, the lowest uh, petrol tank. Yeah. And because these women came from England, yeah. I'm going to assume they got a budget. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to assume that, like, they're not eating noodles and, you know, taking the bus, right? So I looked at the Toyota Yaris 2013, the one that was probably the worst for this trip, has a 41-liter tank. Um, It would have been tight, but they would have done it. They could have done it? It would have only taken 33 liters of petrol out of the tank. However, understand that your car uses more petrol when it is cold, using the heater, right? Using the Playing radio. some music. Hey, exactly, right? That's a 10-hour right? drive. That's a 10-hour ten, ten drive. And it doesn't matter what state highway you go on as well. It's only about 30 minutes difference. So to say that the Toyota Yaris would have done, used 33 liters of petrol if me and you were driving nonstop. All right? And I'm accounting for traffic. Yeah. I'm accounting for us being stationary for about 30 minutes of this, like, 10-hour journey. Right? So we're stuck in traffic for about... Just leaving minutes. the city. You know, exactly. You know, we're, we're stationary at that point. But when when Karen says, desert road in the middle of winter, you were lying to me if they didn't have the heater on. <laughs> you are lying to me if they didn't nah, have the heater on. That's pretty cold bro. in England, eh? That's pretty cold. It's hella cold. Yeah. It's not desert road cold. It ain't desert road cold. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. And with no comfort stops. You know, 10, 10 hour drive just once, just going for it. I mean, you drive a lot. Could you drive one sit in 10 hours? With no stops? Probably not. I'm just going to need to get out just to stretch. Exactly. Get out to stretch. And the thing is, you don't know how, when the last time was they were in New Zealand. Maybe they come out, they see a nice view. Mm. So you just want to stop, maybe take some pics. There's also more than um, 12 public bathrooms on that journey. Yeah. Uh, no matter what state or highway you go to. And you can't tell me if you drive past the bathroom, you're be like, nah, I don't need to go. Nah, 10 hours, we good. Nah. Also, the person in the passenger seat is going to be like, hey, that was a public bathroom. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> No, because also when they were driving, they didn't know they had COVID-19. Mm. They knew that they were supposed to be isolating, but when they yeah. were let out because of compassionate leave, they were also probably told to be like, hey, look, you might have it, okay? So act right. Social distance and all that. So um, thank you, Karen, for your comment. Um, we could unpack that a lot more, but I just wanted to say that the probability that they did it on one tank is likely. Bro, are you using probability? You're going to make this Yeah, true. Now you're right, bro. I'm, bro. I'm so sorry, bro. No, I'm so know, sorry. Look. Tears of joy. They probably... <laughs> they probably didn't. They probably stopped. Yeah. And they... I don't know if they went to a petrol station. It would have been hella low when they got to the mm. hut. It would, they would have been on L. L? E. Damn, bro. bro. You really don't drive, dude. I do not drive. You take the L for that comment. That's ah, what you take. I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Going on to the next date, the 10th of July, is when the National Party announced their election plan. Um, Todd Muller had actually recorded a four-minute video uh, where they talked out their plan to get New Zealand working. Get New Zealand working again, focus on jobs, and focus on the economy. Tabby, I watched the video. It was pretty plain, bro. <laughs> I can't go lie. lie. It was pretty average. It was very average, bro. Yeah. I mean, like, he was reading it off inspired? a piece of paper. I didn't really feel inspired. And he was really playing off of... 
this is national party DNA. This is what we know how to do. Yeah. And it's like, where's the new, like, come on, like, give me some spice with mm. it. Um, especially when Labour's on stage every day for the last seven weeks. You got to come out. You probably got to come with something innovative, right? I mean, the Make America Great Again hat was like, you know, a little bit of a push. Yeah. But bro, the video was just plain. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think whoever edited the video worked harder than Todd Muller's speech. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely. Jude says in the comments, Todd, awesome stuff. Taking problems by the throat and sorting it. Love it. Have you noticed all the other party trolls following this page? They too must be looking for leadership. Two blue ticks. That's a nice little emoji. That's I like, like that. a I like that. <laughs> two blue ticks. For those who don't know, the MMP system requires us to vote in the electorate and the party. Um, Therefore, two ticks. Two ticks for whoever you want. And so most people are like, hey, two ticks blue. <laughs> That's me. Cuh. <laughs> Um, hey, dude, dude loves it. And the whole taking problems by the throat. I know that's a saying. It's not a saying, bro. It's a saying. That's kind of weird. I, when you like, see it written down, yeah. it's kind of weird. When I had to read it out, I was like, what are you taking by the throat? <laughs> I don't know about it. I don't know about it. But the other party trolls following this page, absolutely. We're I mean, looking there, at... There are going to be party trolls following every single page. And I just don't know why. I don't get what they get out of it. Yeah. Like, we talked about this before, about, like, labor people saying, don't vote for national because they didn't vote for the same-sex marriage. Like, yeah. all right, well, there's a lot of other reasons people aren't voting for national. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, huh, I don't know what trolls get out of trolling the National Party page. Yeah. It's already sad enough they lost, like, you know, and Simon it's just, Bridges. This is annoying, the whole troll culture. I mean, you'll say something, be like, ha, I was trolling, and it's like, cool. Nice. Thanks. Chocolate up on your CV. Yeah. Madness. Jill in the next comment says, actually, I think this year more than ever, New Zealand is sick of listening to politic, pol- politicking. Oh, I got to redo that. Politicking's in, it's in a song, it's in a rap song. I can't remember which one. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably. Jill says, actually, I think this year more than ever, New Zealand is sick of listening to politicians talk utter shite. Who in God's name do they think we are? And I'm talking about both sides. Stop wasting time on utter crap. Oh, this is a good, this is a really interesting one. This is the third time it's been brought up, bro. We got to go into it. We do. People are getting tired of career politicians. They are. People all over the world, people are getting tired of career politicians. We are looking at places like the United States, the UK, even Brazil. We're looking at people who, citizens who are like, look, we've been fed the The same same bullshit. Years all upon years upon years, exactly the same talking heads, yeah, exactly. And I mean, a lot of people are now realizing that, like, red or blue, it doesn't matter, yeah, because it's all going to be the same. And it's a there's a political, um, I can't, I can't remember what it's called, but there's a theory that, like, it doesn't actually matter who you vote for because the country will keep the way it's going mm-hmm. because the citizens are going to hold the government to account, anyways, yeah, right? So the citizens will always get what they want, doesn't matter who's going to be the talking head. Um, people are tired of the Westminster system. And that is the reason for people like, you know, the rise of Donald Trump. Yeah. Donald Trump is not a career politician. I remember a lot of comments being like, he's just honest. Yeah, exactly. through all the political bullshit and all the political nuances. And, and, and people appreciated that. Exactly. Now, exactly. he's also incredibly sexist, which I didn't really appreciate. But, but yeah, people, but, I guess, kind of liked how he spoke his mind, whatever yeah, came to it. I understand it. I understand when, you, when people are like, hey, I like, you know, Boris Johnson because he's real. Yeah. And it's like, okay, mm, like, like, let's, let's take, let's take our personal sides out of, of this. Course, you're right. You got to know that, yeah, like, we don't want career politicians anymore. Mm. As somebody who's, like, even studied politics, it's kind of sickening to see somebody who just, just nurtured and, like, sort of just, like, a plant yeah. and would just speak <laughs> on how the party plant. wants them to speak and this is what the policy says and we're going to stay traditionalist or whatever. And then you have somebody else on the other side who is just like, yo, I think housing sucks and that's what I'm running on. We're fixing that shit. Hey, I'd we vote are, for you. Exa- we are going for that. I'd vote for you. Exactly. And so when you see people, like, Todd Muller getting up to speak now, and and we got to put it in there, Jacinda Ardern starting to speak on party policies and stuff. Mm. It is more of the same mm. because they have to address housing, they got to address social welfare, they got to address education, and they have to treat it like it's the most important part of their like like parties parties policy. When the citizens are just getting sick and tired of the next plant, they want somebody who's not in this for a career. And unfortunately, 
you might say that it might only be a matter of time until that happens in New Zealand. Exactly. Exactly. We have a lot of small parties in New Zealand. We do. Yeah. And I mean, like, do you know, like, is there a trend? Oh, absolutely. There's a definite trend where the proportion of votes that are going to top two national labor is decreasing. Mm. The smaller parties are getting more sway. Well, say no more. That's it. It's only a matter of time. People are just getting sick of the, the whole big two parties. Let's start including other people in the conversation. Could mm. you imagine where, like, there was a, an election where there could possibly, like, you know, there's three parties in it? Bro, it would be. I'm, I mean, while we say there's a trend, whether it'll be in our lifetimes, I don't know. I guess it depends on a whole lot of facets outside of our control, and we're completely speculating. However, a trend is a trend. A trend is a trend, and I mean... If people are getting as mad as Jill is and as mad as the other two comments that we saw, mm. you know, it's probably not too soon until we see people actually being like, hey, y'all are the same. Alex's comment is, as a national supporter, these are the emptiest <gasps> words I have ever heard. Sheesh. If this is the best you can do, Todd Muller, MP, it's going to be a short, short journey as leader. She's not hard to beat. Use your intellect. Okay. Can I just say... Okay. I'll let you go first. Alex says, these are the emptiest words I ever ha- have ever heard. Bro, that's a damaging thing that to say. That is damaging. Bro, like, that's oratory garnish that I'm a fan of, bro. I love that. You really used oratory garnish like hey, that? Hey, bro, I got to. Yes, and if hey. you don't know why I was saying this, bro, you need to yeah, listen if to you the don't know, episode. now you know. Exactly. Can you imagine, like... He he must have been like, oh, I remember when Don Brash said that trash ass, and then I heard this. <laughs> this is the bad. Emptiest words, but that's that's probably that that that's like that is ridiculous. And when he says it's going to be a short journey as leader, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> exactly. And also use your intellect. I don't like. Why not? I don't like that. Ah, because of the whole like. She's not hard to beat. He's just implying that Jacinda isn't intelligent. Yeah, you just got to be smart, bro. Yeah, that's it, bro. It's easy. Just use your brain. Shut up, bro. Come on. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I didn't even notice that in the comments. I got you. But um, yeah, Alex, come on, man. Come on. Emptiest words I ever heard. He's trying his best. (laughs) That's a bar. I love that. That's a bar. Trying his best. However, Alex did did predict it. He did predict it. It's going to be a short journey as leader, 53 days. And that leads us to the 14th of July, the resignation of Todd Muller. Um, and which made the National Party Caucus stop what they're doing uh, and get their eyes to Parliament <laughs> because we need another leader who knew it would be so soon. The first comment on that, which is on the National Party page, um, National Party actually shared the heartfelt message from Todd Muller. Todd Muller did say that he was um, struggling with his health yeah. and he needed some time to sort it out and he wants to spend with his family. And that makes sense. I mean, being the leader of a political party is a massive undertaking absolutely regardless of what party it is during COVID-19 as well you're in the news every single day so you can definitely see how that would be the case Sandra's comment says sorry to hear thought you were doing a fantastic job acted fast it's such a horrible time at present hope you're okay thanks for trying I think say no more it's a nice comment that's just a nice comment thank you like that's that's what we want to see more of exactly Margaret says brilliant Bring on the girls, question mark. I admire Todd for having the guts to identify he wasn't up to the task. It takes a strong person to recognize their shortcomings instead of those of others. Go well. Tomorrow's another day. Hey, two from two. Two from two. Margaret really like, hey, look. Also, I love how she says, you know, like, it takes a strong person to recognize your shortcomings. And that is facts. It is a strength to know your weaknesses. 100%. And Be self-aware. Is, especially when you're at the top, when you're a leader. Mm. It's really hard to take that out of yourself. So Margaret's correct. And I mean, as you said, two for two. Beautiful. Pete says, <laughs> well done, Radio New Zealand. Oh, you, uh, what? Your orchestrated campaign to get rid of Todd has succeeded. You broke your confidentiality agreement with Hamish Walker and published that list after guaranteeing confidentiality. Both Hamish, Hamish and Michelle lost their jobs. And now the leader has resigned. You're a good man, Todd, but the odds were stacked against you. Disgusting behavior by certain sections of the media. Good things don't come in threes. Whoa. Uh, what he's referring to is... He's actually referring to a lot. I feel like, once again, we're on a political party page. People are going to be using all these sort of, oh, of course. things. So we're going to have to break that down. Um, orchestrated campaigns, get rid of Todd. They're talking about uh, the, yeah, the Hamish Walker incident. Yeah. So Hamish Walker actually sent private patient details. Uh, Uh-oh. 
to the media. Um, so private COVID nineteen details, by the way. I don't want to just say patient, but when I want to, I just want to say this as well. When he was asked why he did it, he said his judgment was impaired after being called a racist. Stupid! I'm not gonna let you like, get that. Why the you send private information, bro? It's like, bro, yo, I someone... was spinning, bro. Oh, it's wild. Someone, <sighs> someone called me racist. Come on. I'm sorry, man. You're a politician, bro. You get called racist every day. <laughs> Come on. Um, but former National Party President Michelle Bogue uh, actually sent the highly sensitive information to him in an attempt to clear his name. So what had happened was Hamish had this office obviously information yeah. leaked it to the media and then it was found out that it was Hamish that leaked it and then Hamish was like alright I gotta step down now obviously once you leave that sort of information it's like you have to resign yeah right and and the collective responsibility says that the National Party has to stay with you if you choose to stay or they gotta be like alright well hey you resigned hey good luck to you um Obviously, Hamish resigned, and what Pete's alluding to here is that uh, Radio New Zealand broke the confidentiality agreement between Hamish to break that down as well. If you give Radio New Zealand something and be like, "Hey, hush, look, hey, don't say, don't say nothing," I, and they're gonna be like, "Hey, we received from an anonymous source." If I then go and be like, "Hey, the information that you got was from Tabby," and I know Tabby got it from Michelle, Radio New Zealand can now be like, "I sweep," and they'd be like. Sources say. So that's what they mean when they say an orchestrated campaign. Yeah, we can only allude to that. Yeah. But, I mean, it's all there. I don't believe that Radio New Zealand would have actually been like, look. We're going to ruin this We're going to ruin you. But it was probably just a bad leak. Yeah. I mean, ask Playboy Cardi. God, he's terrible. He's terrible <laughs> every like. Yeah, that man has had like what three albums <laughs> leaks. <laughs> so I wonder if Hamish Walker is going to be on his next album. Um <laughs> Good man, odds stacked against you, absolutely. But yeah. I don't think you can fully blame the media. Nah, I don't think you can at all. And once again, Todd said that he was resigning because of his health. Yeah, it's not. It's not as if he was like, "Well, this is all said and done." Next comment is from Margaret. Margaret says, "Either bring back Simon or Judith." Todd, you did major damage to the party, rolling Simon. But thank you for stepping down. Amy and Nikki are definitely not leadership material. Oh. Did we? Did anybody mention Amy Adams? Nah, she's just chilling. She was just chilling. Amy and Nikki are definitely not leadership material. Yikes. Why just list yeah. off both the women? Like? Yo, I wonder why. I mean, to Margaret's credit, either bring back Simon or Judith. Oh, yeah. But I mean, like, come on, Judith Collins. <laughs> you know, like, eight from eight? What was it? Come on. Like, <laughs> hey, that's stats. Hey, that's stats, bro. Judith is, Judith is on. But Todd did major damage to the party by rolling Simon. Absolutely. We could see that um, when he started that coup in the National Party... You know, the, it clearly it ruined the reputation of the party. Yeah. You know, if if a, if an old head like Todd is like, also Todd is actually not an old head. He's been in parliament for like one term. Yeah. <laughs> but, but um, you know, if somebody like that is like, hey, this young gun's got to get off the stage, and he starts that whole uh, mutiny. Yeah. Party's gonna lose lose a lot of credibility. And this comment also mentions Judith Collins. This is the first time. This is the first time. That's crazy. Did you tee this up? I didn't even oh, tee this up. Hey, wild. but we're going to spike the ball down. <laughs> hey, Judith Collins enters the scene dun, on the dun, same dun. day. On the same day. Judith Collins is here and she is ready and she is now the leader of the National Party. Hey, congrats. And the first comment on this is, Kerry says, about time. Well done, Judith and Jerry. God help Jacinda. Work on all her last election promises that she broke because they were impossible. COVID-19, any person in government would have had no choice but to act. What she did is just the same as National would have done. It may have been slightly different, but the first put getting COVID-19 out of New Zealand would have been the same. You just need to remind New Zealand people about lost promises and COVID escapes. Labor say only four out of 30,000 is not bad. Well, that was only the four we know about. However, the most important COVID-19 message is it only takes one. As we said before, there's a lot to unpack. People be stuffing comments with five different points. Yeah, yeah, there's there's so much here. And I mean, like, I, I only got to blame myself because we choose these comments yeah, as well. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, J Judith and Jerry, 
our, our now, you know, leadership material. So you know what? Fair enough. Yeah. Well done. God helps. God help Jacinda. <laughs> but once again, uh, another another point to the bad election promises. Hmm. And that's, just, that's just facts. There's nothing no, those you can are say facts. about that. Yeah. Even the immigration promises that they made, you know, they, they didn't come forth mm-hmm. with. Kiwi build as well. You know, there's a number of them. There there's is. a number of them. COVID-19, any person in government would have had no choice but to act. We've seen this as well, uh, especially on uh, posts where the National Party are bashing um, the Labour Party and their handling of COVID nineteen. Yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely. There's this National Party supporters saying like, "Yo, like they doing the best they can. Y'all would be doing the same thing if you were in power. Mm. Like, like come on, like get out of it." And I, I love how Kerry is fully aware of that as well. But Labour says four out of thirty thousand is not bad. Well, that was only the four we know about. I don't even want to touch on COVID nineteen until we do an episode about yeah, it. Yeah, we there's this whole this, there's so we plan much. on doing an episode, but it was like, bro, it's still it's yeah. gonna be. We might have to do this in like season. It might be a se- COVID season. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like you know from from Carrie's point of view, she's very just happy that Judith Collins is in the mix now. Yeah, and, and I mean to to bring up Judith Collins, her name is Crusher Collins. Mm. That's her nickname. Mm. Yeah, and why is that guy? Because in 2009, when she was minister of police, yeah. she w- proposed legislation that persistent boy racers should have their cars, cars crushed. crushed. Not just taken away from them. Crushed. I bet she would wanted them to like see it as well. Yeah, hey, stand right there. Stand. No, no, no don't, don't turn around. Keep your eyes open. Why is the minister of police here? <laughs> <laughs> and all these cars. Oh my God, my Subaru. <laughs> my Subi. <laughs> and it's just... <laughs> And Judith is just in the back. <laughs> yeah, crush your collars. There she is. Hey, a, a big fan of Judith, clearly. Um, I think Carrie's got a really a really neutral mind here. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think they voice it correctly. But I love, especially the point in the middle. Yeah. National would have done the same thing. National I mean, would have done the same thing. We're in unprecedented times. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I feel like the <laughs> we are definitely a liberal country, a liberal democracy, we would have definitely pressured the government the same, no matter red or blue. Yeah. Um, so absolutely. Yep. It only takes one for the COVID-19. And absolutely. And we saw that said time and time again. in the, seen it overseas as yeah, well. like 10th of July. So now we get it. But one thing that we had to mention was the race question. Mm. Because we love a bit of racism. Oh, we do. <laughs> and during Todd Muller and Nikki Kay's... Uh, short stint at leadership yeah we chose to focus on the working plan that todd had um sort of said this will be our election plan and we chose to look at the absconders um the two well we just called them the second wave of COVID 19 but also something else happened they were questioned on party diversity um and todd muller not only didn't answer the question correctly and nikki Kay said that she just didn't she just straight up lied to the media about the amount of diversity that they have um todd actually made it a point to say that they didn't need diversity in yeah. their um you know in, in their party and I f- i'm sure dr shane reddy was just like what <laughs> what what do you mean excuse me yeah. um but Judith was also asked the same question days after i think three days after they announced that she was leader judith you mean woman of color judith yeah, yeah, woman, yeah, yeah, yeah woman Crusher color, Collins, yeah, 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 woman of color, yeah, isn't she? Sorry. Yeah, she is. No, she yeah, is yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, top fan Fiona uh, says, "Oh, I fucked up. I'm on the second question. Already. Sorry." Ar says, "Well played, Judith, and three Maori in your lineup. Smarter than Muller and K. That's for sure." Yeah, there's there's three Maori national MPs. Yeah. And Todd Muller and Nikki K couldn't even say that. Mm, yeah, that's, that's whether they knew that or they were just like, I'm not gonna, mm, I'm not gonna I'm run not gonna on say that. Anything. Yeah, I don't want to confirm. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what they were trying to do there, but the media were definitely like, yeah, we know the answers. This is <laughs> this is like a pub quiz. We're checking receipts. Yeah, like, like, like come on. And I wonder how those three national MPs felt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't care. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Oh, cool, cool. All I'm right. just stuck. I'ma just run my constituency as an independent. Top fan Fiona says, Isn't her husband Chinese? Oh, Chinese Samoan on Wikipedia. Lol. Hey Kai, like I'm not racist because I have a black friend. So oh. so we're good. Bro, yeah, no, yay. you're you're twin three or twelve ball. I I I took a Brazilian woman. Yeah, Bro, you're good. so you're I'm good. Good. I'm I'm good for the we next ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, that's I'm, your that's your get out of jail free card. Also, Fiona, like 
asks a question and, and answers, answers it in the same <laughs> one and then says on Wikipedia, like she shows where she got her source. Hey, it's like, did you, need, did you need to comment? That's probably why she's top fat, actually. You're right. She just fat checking. She's just putting in just numbers upon numbers. Yeah. Can we, yeah, let's let's just put that out there that just because your partner is of a certain race or ethnicity doesn't, doesn't mean you're not Or just racist. because you have a friend that's from a certain race or ethnicity doesn't mean they're not racist. Yeah. Good on you for having a friend of a different culture. I guess. But I mean, like, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. No. You know, like, come on now. Next comment. <laughs> MacGyver. MacGyver says, good. A person shouldn't be chosen just to tick a box or fill a quota. They should be chosen because they are the best person to fill that role. So diversity and inclusion, something which we're both passionate about, is a very, <laughs> it's a nuanced topic. Mm. Now, when you're looking at diversity quotas, just and just independently diversity quotas, I'm not sure what my stance is on them. However, I feel as though if it is a method that you're using to address l- the lack of diversity and inclusion in your office with the eventual plan where you won't have quotas, then I can understand. Mm. Right? Now, what is your... I, I, and I, I'm in the same sort of ballpark as you. Just a little bit of like a... I understand, I fully understand the argument of merit. Yeah, hiring by merit and not quota. I don't think anybody on either side is debating that. Mm, like but, it should be the best person to the role. But people repeatedly bring this point up. And I think one of the reasons why a lot of the people who are very against this sort of argument say this is because they feel as if, oh, this person, oh, this person isn't of merit because of systemic things because mm. they didn't go to a decile 10 school because yeah. they weren't thing at a, at a university because and it's like also what is merit who is to decide these sort of things right is it a person of color is it a person um who is diverse in themselves obviously we're talking about judith collins woman of color of the year mm. um but from my point of view i don't think i i understand both sides completely yeah yeah and to say that oh we should be hiring on merit not just color i feel like i feel like ethnicity should be in the conversation i definitely do i think it kind of relates to the the point that people make where i don't see color Mm. now i completely disagree with that sentiment because we are we look different we have differences about us so we shouldn't just discount them oh absolutely not and and even if you're if your board is of 10 people and they're all from a pakiha like white culture surely you must be saying okay we are here now but let's let's look at how we got here 100%. is there anybody from a different cultural background who had a difficult choice in getting here mm. and if so let's remove some of the like some of the obstacles so that they have a better chance of being here right mm. so that one day they can be viewed on their merit instead of being like uh you just didn't make it. 100%. And I think about, we've talked about it before, how representation is critically important. I mean, we can talk about for ourselves incredible black men that mm. are leaders that are in our mm. lives that because they broke through so many ceilings and have done so many incredible things, they've made it easier for us to envision ourselves to be in these prominent positions elsewhere. So I think you can't overstate the importance of representation. Absolutely not. Absolutely. So I, on that comment, I mean, we can wrap it up there, really. Yeah. And not only this is an absolute shit show, but we looked over the last two months, and I just want to tell everybody that's listening outside of New Zealand that this is abnormal. This has been wild. It's been a wild two months. From this 22nd of May to the 14th of July, those 53 days, we saw the National Party regain consciousness and crumble at the same <laughs> time and then regain again all two months before an election. Mm. Two months before an election. So... Oh, how are you feeling, Tabby? I'm exhausted. It's It's been a lot. And as you said, we've got another two months to go before the election. There's so many things that have been going on and so many things that we need to keep track of. Oh, precisely. Precisely. And we didn't even want to do this episode. Mm. It was just, I think a lot of people sent it to us and said like, yo. Like, you gotta. It's wild out coming here. Out. It's fire out here. And we looked at the comments and we're like, all right, look, we'll do a quick one. You know, we'll do a quick one. So thank you so much for listening thank you um i also want to say thanks tabby hey you know i know politics isn't really your, your jam yo why are you saying that i don't because you come yo, with the numbers I didn't, bro i didn't study politics you come with like your you. numbers like, I'm sorry bro damn man no, i'm just saying bro like i just felt like you know you did well 
You did well here. Hey, thank you. Okay, I know you do well every episode. Hey, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Hey, and I appreciate everybody else listening to this. Um, Understand, as you said, fan submissions. We love when people message us. Hey, you should do this. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Even though we're probably not going to. (laughs) 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 This this one we just had to fit in somewhere. Um, so I guess the the moral of this as well is just like, please don't look at the news all the time. Go to those political party pages, go to the MP pages, listen to, to listen to those people as well, because we looked at this purely off the National Party page and some of the Labour Party page, and we found so many more people. Oh, we did. So many more diverse discussions, so many more. I think, I think that's where the educated people are hiding, because half of the comments we read out all the time is like, <laughs> like, come on. But, and then amongst these comments, we have seen some intelligent discourse. Exactly, exactly. And it was really fun unpacking, you know... Things like Nikki Kay, things like Judith Collins and Crasher Collins, um, and just a whole bunch of stuff about the COVID-19 stuff. So, hey, thank you again for listening. Um, it's been Kai and Tabby. Tabby, you want to say anything to close us out? Hey, I just want to say that if you want to reach out to us, give us a submission, send us a tweet or anything, you can reach out to us on our Instagram page, unpack.co.nz. Yes, you heard that correctly. An Instagram page called unpack.co.nz. We're breaking the internet, baby. We are indeed. So from us, thank you. Let's... Mm.